On this episode of the Big O Podcast, I am joined by one half of Kiss 92.5's morning show team, the man with the amazing laugh and most confusing name to Google search, Mocha Frapp. We talk about what life is like with a toddler, the epic music lineup at his wedding, the meteoric success of the Rosin Mocha podcast, and how his love for sleeping in and staying up late almost prevented the Rosin Mocha show from ever happening. This is the Big O Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm your host of the Big O Podcast, Julian Ortiz, and on this very special episode, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Mocha. Now, is it Mocha Frap? Like, I, I when I was trying to do research, every time I put in Mocha Frap, I get a picture of some Starbucks drink, and that's the big question most people have: is is that what is your last name? Frap. F-R-A-P. So it, so it just happens to the coincide yeah, with the great know, drink. I don't know how much Starbucks paid for <laughs> the name or to have it pop up as like, you know, your your top search results or <laughs> I guess like the top 100 search results when you type it into Google. But uh, they got the jump on that, which I'm a okay with. Yeah, I tried to get uh, to post on my story a, a photo of you, and I typed in Mocha Frap and. I'm like, if I put a picture of a Starbucks drink on here, people are going to be wondering what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, probably thought that you sold out. <laughs> yeah, corporate sponsor. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. I wish. Um, how are you? How are you doing, man? Obviously, this, uh, like we said before the podcast started, um, you're probably the first guest at like a 1 p.m. recording that has already had a full workday already in the bag, and now you're going to do this. So, like, how how are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm tired. I mean, I'm always tired. You know, <laughs> my my day kind of starts at uh, at three o'clock, like three a.m. That's when yeah. my my alarm goes off, and then I have like my emergency backup alarm, which goes off at three thirty. So okay. still uh, quite early, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm home now, and I got a full you know I got a full day ahead of me still because I got like a, I got a toddler at home and yep. my wife and uh, and our, our rambunctious dog. So you know, it's like. <laughs> The earlier part of the of the morning slash day is spent with work, and then the uh, the latter part is with my family. Which I mean, I, that's the one thing that I'm fortunate about the uh, the hours that I have is the fact that I get to come home and you know spend pretty much the entire day with my uh, with my family, which is awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, so if you're you're waking up at three or three thirty in the morning, what time are are you trying to get to bed then at night to to be ready? Um, any time between like nine and nine thirty, I'm in bed. Wow. Uh, it doesn't take that that uh, that much for me to to fall asleep. You know, I'm tired. Like I said, all <laughs> yeah, the time, all the time. <laughs> Just I could fall asleep in two seconds, literally anywhere. Like if I you know, laid my head down on a, on a pillow right now on the couch, I'd be out be in like a couple of seconds, <laughs> but like between nine and nine thirty, like in my earlier days, earlier days before I, uh, I met my wife, Jenna, my routine, because I was doing mornings like on and off. And I kind of found, um, after messing around with different types of like sleeping and napping and right. trying to figure things out, um, my, the, the best way for me to function was to get like a full eight hours. So I would go to bed at like 6 PM yeah. every day, right? <laughs> Monday to Friday, 6 PM, and then wake up at two o'clock, 2 AM. Wow. And that was the way I would, I would function. And then I would come home after the show and, you know, just like go through the entire day and be prepared to, to be in bed 
at 6 p.m. But then, you know, once you get into a relationship and, you know, your schedule changes a little bit and uh, you have to you make adjustments. And, you know, I've done the napping thing in the afternoon. Um, but, yeah, most most days I'm in bed between 9 and 930. It's very rare that, like, I'm up past 930. That was like the most, that was like the nicest father and husband comment. You know, when you get into a relationship, like you make adjustments. That was a very political, <laughs> political answer. That was well rehearsed. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll tell no, you right but now. like seriously though, like what, how, you know, what kind of like, you know, relationship would that be? Like if I gave my wife a kiss at six o'clock, like an hour after she got home from work, well, I'm like, all right, I'm off the bed. See well, ya. Here, here's my time to share because my wife uh, started a new job. So my wife went back to work in January. We had our, our daughter in, uh, in March of, of 2019, our second daughter, sorry, our second daughter yeah. in, in um, March of 2019. And so we split our actual parental leave. So we got 18 months off combined and she went off for nine months and I'm off for nine months now with our, with our two girls. And in January, she started a new job that required her to wake up at uh, four o'clock in the morning to be at work for five thirty. Yeah, she doesn't have an alarm or a backup alarm. That alarm is is me. So she goes to bed after kissing the girls at seven p.m. or seven thirty p.m. and yeah. then she goes to bed and then she yeah. sleeps until I wake her up in the morning. But I'm going to bed at like midnight, maybe one o'clock. I'm getting like three and a half hour sleep. And then our girls, once, once their mom leaves, always just happen to wake up like yeah. 10 minutes after I try to go back to bed. Yeah. So and they're like, all right, it's time to party now. Yeah. They're like, oh, mom's gone. That means dad's awake. All right, cool, dad. So what are we doing? We're just going to jump on our beds up until you come to get us. And it's... Yeah. No, but you know what? Like everyone has their has their 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 routine, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and you kind of got to figure out like what works for what works for you. Um, and uh, this right now, this is you know, having especially having a toddler at home, this is what works for us. Yeah, no, not sleeping is what works for me. That's just the yeah. reality that I've that I've sort of accepted. Um, but so, how has your routine, I guess, changed since COVID? So obviously, you're are you still going into the studio to record every single morning? Yeah, so our building, so our our uh, radio station, Kiss ninety two five, we're owned by Rogers, right? Right. So it's the same company that owns. If you're in Toronto, uh, it's the same company that owns Sportsnet and six eighty News and CHFI, and we're all kind of housed in the same building. Right. But within our building is like our publishing department and um, our wireless department, and right. like pretty much everything under the umbrella of Rogers is in our building in our two towers. So when when COVID hit um, and you've kind of found out like what was under your list of essential workers, yeah. media was one of them. So oh, what wow. they ended up doing was they basically shut the entire, both of our buildings down. Yeah. Right. And everyone that could work from home, you work from home, even on the, the, the radio station side, they have uh, like our sales department, our programming department, like everybody's working from home. Yeah. Except for the actual radio stations that are still running. Right. So the rule that they kind of put in place is you show up to do your show. Uh, you go straight to the studio. You have to do like a full clean down of all the equipment. Like we're right. supplied with all sorts of uh, cleaning, cleaning equipment or cleaning gear. And we wipe everything down. And then as soon as your show is done, you leave. And then you're supposed to text the or email the next announcer on the air. Yeah to let them know that you've left so that they can come in. Right. So wow. 
a lot of the people that, that I work with like, on the regular, <laughs> I haven't seen since like February, but a lot of us are in the building at the same time. Right. So wow. because we are, you know, essential, there are steps that have kind of been implemented and rules and like kind of where CHFI, KISS and 680 are, we're all on the same floor. Right. And uh, part of the, the, I guess, the rule is that you only go to the radio station that you work for. Like, we can't go and say, you know, good morning to anyone over yeah. at 680, or we can't go say hi to anyone at CHFI, right? So they've got it under control. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a lot different because we don't see anybody, but we right. still have access to, to the radio station. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, was, I was talking with uh, Tim McAuliffe, who's working from home with, with Sid to do their, their radio show for, uh, for Sportsnet and for uh, Fi- Fan 590. And um, he, he's obviously working from home right now. And he says the biggest yeah. adjustment is like his son playing video games like six feet away from when he's trying to do like a live <laughs> telecast. Yeah. Um, and now, so, is it because he wants to concentrate on the job or he wants to like jump in and play a game? Yeah, I, I, maybe a little bit of both. Like maybe he wants to throw in a little bit of that NBA 2K and sometimes maybe yeah. he's kind of like quiet down with the Fortnite in the background, please. Um, yeah. But, Yo, uh, I love Tim and Sid so much. Oh, I've yeah. been like fans of theirs for forever, right? Oh, man, dude, like the longest time those guys have like been in my life. Well, I mean, uh, we were again, we were talking about before. I mean, I had I had Cabby on and I had Tim on and I mean even Eric Smith from Sportsnet and but that that yeah. score crowd, right? Like the Sid, the Tim, the Cabby, the Steve Coolius, the Jerry D when he was on the score. I mean, it was like a who's who of like Canadian media. Yeah. And and it's crazy the score no longer exists and everyone went on to do like their own thing. Cabby's in the States and now uh, Tim and Sid are with Sportsnet. But there was that like couple year stretch where that was the most non, uh, I would say mainstream, but like mainstream TV sports casting. Like my generation, I'm 31. That was my generation of sports. Like we loved yeah. score tonight, court cuts, cabby on the street. And on the radio side, for those of us who are up early, which for me, I was because I was doing sports in high school and college and going to work. Rosin Mocha, like you guys are in that same stable uh, of conversation where people are are up early, they're listening to the radio. Obviously, there's a ton of people who are listening because they have you guys have callers coming in all the time. Your your um, uh, the DJ on Friday, DJ Climax. I mean, you guys are absolutely killing it. And then you came out with the podcast. What was what was that like? To, to finally move from just radio, but putting something else onto another like podcast platform. Uh, well, well, thank you for saying that, by the way, it's yeah, very, no. very nice of you. Um, you know, we had been talking about a podcast for ever for right. years. And it was like, we just wanted to make sure that we had everything right. And we wanted to make sure that we did it our way and right. had full, control over all things podcast related um so it was kind of in the the development for for a bit and then once we finally had kind of things set up where we could launch properly a podcast um we had you know like production like specific production made for the podcast and right we had a, a kind of like an outline of of the way we wanted it to sound um because you know the reality is in the morning people have x amount of time right for sure 
and spending it with, you know, uh, a morning show that's on the radio for four straight hours is yeah. is unrealistic for some <laughs> yeah. people, right? On yeah. average, maybe you have 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes at the most to listen. Right. And I don't know, maybe you're listening twice within right. one day, right? So there's a lot of material that you're actually missing from a full one day, four hour show. So sure. it was like, okay, how do we get a week's worth of content and literally get everything out to fans of the show who, you know, kind of want more, or maybe they've missed out on, uh, on certain aspects of the show. And that's where the podcast came from. It was just like, uh, here you go. Here's everything that yeah. you get from the show Monday to Friday. Um, and we were able to do that. And, uh, we launched, I believe with five or six episodes. Right. Um, cause we wanted to make sure that the fans, like the real fans, not real friends, fans, but like just fans of the Razamoka show yeah. were able to get enough content, whether For they sure. wanted to binge it or spread it out over a couple of, couple of days. Right. And that's the amazing thing with podcasts, right? You can download it, you can take it wherever you want and you can do that. You can binge it, you know, and you know, pick it up in five minute segments or half an hour segments, or if you're lucky, you know, the whole season. And then, I mean, I've listened to the, I listen to the radio every morning when I'm going to work. Like that's my jam. That's my, that's probably my, probably my only non podcast time is when I'm in the car, it's nine to two five. It's listening to all the viewers really comment on, we can't wait for the next episode. We just finished the last four, like, come on, put more out there. And that's gotta be a great feeling when you put a product out there and you know, people are, are just left wanting more. Has, has the podcast been everything that you guys have wanted it to be? Um, it actually kind of surpassed anything that <laughs> we thought of it. It almost, it almost <laughs> not did a disservice, but we get so many calls in the morning from people yeah. who are at the time listening to the podcast <laughs> and not the live show right. and will like want to comment on something that we've said on the podcast or want to you know get their opinion in on on something podcast related and we're like listen the podcast <laughs> is supposed to be like in a company to right. the actual radio show it's like supplemental like we have a live show right yeah. Uh, it's so much fun though. Like I'm so happy that people are enjoying the podcast and, and are listening the way they are. Uh, it was crazy. Like the first weekend that we dropped five episodes, um, I think we did that like on a Friday and then on the Monday we were getting inundated with messages from people saying, all right, when's the next one dropping? Right. We're like, yo, you know how much time we just spent like putting together five, you know, two, three hour, four hour episodes of these podcasts, of these individual podcasts. You have like 25 hours worth, right? Some and, people uh, just aren't but, sleeping, man. Some people are just but, listening to it when they go to bed, waking up in the morning, yeah. it's on. But uh, but it's the same thing with like, you know, when you binge a, a TV show, when something drops like on a Friday on Netflix oh, yeah. and you watch it, straight until like saturday night or sunday you know at that point you're like tweeting out to the world like oh man i love this show and whatever whatever and like when's the next season right yeah but then when you think about it and you look back on those shows it's like okay well how much time do they actually spend putting together and like editing and you know for sure it takes doing time shoots and stuff for like tv shows right um like aziz ansari i remember i heard a podcast i can't remember whose podcast it was when he was talking about season the end of season one for master of none yeah 
and he was out, uh, he was promoting season two. And he said like, you know, even he was like surprised by the amount of people that uh, were, were tweeting him about season two when season one had just wrapped. And he, even he was like, you know, like, listen, you, you guys know, it took us like two years to film this one season. Oh, yeah. You guys binged it in a day and a half. Like, I need some time. Yeah, I need a little bit of, <laughs> of a break. Um, but, yeah. but it's funny because like you, TV and movies have definitely progressed since the like on demand and streaming services have come out, right? Uh, yeah. Are you a, are you a Star Wars guy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like to, I like to set that one up. Star Wars guy. Did so, you know that? You're just so, trolling me? Yeah, I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to see your reaction with someone asking. This is going to be fun. I like this. I like where this is going already. This is perfect. Um, <laughs> so with, with John Favreau doing The Mandalorian, we saw the production for those who followed him on like Instagram of everything leading up to The Mandalorian. The, the stories were he wrote the pilot and before the pilot was even finished, he had already finished season one of what the Mandalorian was going to be. Like he wrote it all out before it even got um, green lit by Disney. Yeah. It was already finished. And he's already before season one finished streaming or before all the episodes end up being released was already starting production on season two before it even got green lit. And so this, this is what they have to do now, right? Like streaming services have to put together knowing that their fan base are going to be wanting more. Not everyone can be, you know, Game of Thrones production schedule of we're going to give you 18 months off between seasons because it's like hundreds of millions of dollars of production. But they're having to turn over things way more. And in the time of COVID, I mean, Netflix had came out and said they had 18 months worth of original, like new content that they were prepared yeah. to prepare, prepare to release during this streaming time during COVID. What, what is like the major thing that you have binged watched or like have been itching for like another season or a sequel uh, of something that you've seen during this time? Um, you know, it's funny, like binge watching in my house <laughs> is almost like non-existent. Oh, anymore. really? Okay. Yeah. Like I find it very, very difficult to, to binge something. I think the last thing that I binged was probably season, whatever the last season was of Stranger Things. Season okay. three, season I think three, it was. Yeah. Only because I, so I enjoy the show, but also... I knew that when it dropped on the Friday, that on the Monday, everyone was going to be talking about it, right? right. So I wanted to make sure for that conversation on the radio right. that I had finished watching the, the, the whole thing. Right. So that was the last thing because, uh, you know, as you know, like I, I have a three-year-old at home. You have yeah. two kids at home. Finding time to binge anything. Yeah. Uh, unless you start like when those kids go to bed. Exactly is uh it's very difficult right and uh so it, it was a oh, i can't remember the last show my wife and i really enjoyed um dead to me on okay, netflix yeah. yeah with christine applegate so i think i would say that's the last one that we binged okay. over because it was a very easy easy to watch right and we watched um because they're like 30 minute episodes i think it was yeah, so quick. we watched like a couple a uh, couple of episodes a night and we blasted through the the second season um probably in like four or five days. That's not and then like, even with the Jordan doc, like the last dance, <laughs> man, I was waiting for that. Like everybody else. Oh yeah. And, uh, and when ESPN drops it on the Sunday night and Netflix gets it on Monday, like I don't watch those episodes until the Friday. Wow. 
Yeah. So a lot of the reaction that I stay away from social media or I did because I've finished watching it now, but I stayed away from social media on Monday specifically because my feed, it was all last dance. Right. right? And it was all memes and comments (laughs) and like, you know, quotes from different people who were in the episode and in the in the last episode so i uh, i kind of had to stay away i was pretty good with staying away there's a couple of things i i kind of found out but right. um something like that you know where i would binge i would watch those two episodes as soon as they came out right um i waited until the following weekend good for you yeah i mean i waited through the first six episodes i think because for me like i get into binge mode very easily and so yeah. even though you know the historic, like exactly what's going to happen in the Jordan Doc as far as the winning of championships, some of the tribulations that they sort of went through. For me, I still just wanted to take it all in at one time. So I think I got through like six episodes, and I was like, or waited till six episodes aired, and I was all right. I just have to do this now. And then yeah. I found myself just being like, all right. So Sundays, like four days from now, and it's going to air at this time. And if I put the kids to bed at this time on Monday, this is when I can actually watch the next episode of, yeah. of the Last Dance. And so you know what's so wild though, like with that documentary, right? Like it was great, and I loved oh, yeah. it. But I only. I didn't know. I would say like majority of the information that they gave out yeah. in the documentary was all brand new to me wow. because I only like I knew of Michael Jordan. Right. I knew he was like the guy. I knew the dynasty of the Chicago Bulls, but I wasn't I wasn't paying attention to all the the stories, the life right. stories, the stories of the team. I only paid attention to when they were on the court and whether or not they were going to win a championship. Right. So I paid attention to all of that because um, I was just a kid and like Michael Jordan sure. was the man and he had like the coolest sneakers in the world that everybody <laughs> wanted. Uh, but there was a lot of that stuff, like almost everything I had no, no idea about. And I mean, that's also a, it's attributed to the time, right? Like you're talking late, early nineties, late eighties, early nineties, up until like 98, but the social media wasn't in existence back then. Right. No, so, not like, at all. so now with today's social media presence, like you're going to get a lot more of those stories because way more is available. Either they're putting it out there or people are reporting more on it. Whereas back then it was just kind of like, the only people who would ever know those kind of stories are the players themselves or a yeah. documentary, you know, crew that's there to, to capture some of it, but there's way more exposure. And I'm sure you obviously feel this now with being a, a personality is that your private life is not so private anymore. There's certain things that you could probably keep to yourself, but a lot of what you do and say and tweet about and post pictures of like your family, that's now in the public spotlight. So how have you yeah. adjusted to being so far out there, like on things like social media? Um, it's weird because I don't, I just still consider myself like I'm a regular guy. (laughs) Like I get up, I go to work, I come home, I spend time with my family. I cut the grass, I pick, (laughs) you know, pick the weeds. I put out the recycling, you know, uh, I put out the garbage, like I go to the grocery store. Um, you know, like I just still consider myself like just a, a, a regular guy that just works. Right. And, comes home so it's weird um to know that you know when you post something no matter what it is that it sometimes will get a reaction of of any sort i mean you posted recently well i think you and cruz and jenna were making like giant cookies 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, I mean, like, even something as simple as that garnered a ton of likes and comments and people, you know, want, what's the recipe like? But but you're you're sharing that with with the world, right? And, I mean, I love it because it's something that I would do with, like, my daughter. And so I can – it makes you relatable because, like you say, right. you, you see yourself as, like, an, like just an average, a regular dude – but you're the only one maybe outside of like Jenna who would think that, but everyone else, I mean, I posted, I was doing this with you and the amount of comments I got being like, how did you get him? This is so cool. I can't wait to hear Aww. him laugh. Um, that was, that was like the one thing my wife said, my wife said, you can do the podcast with Mocha, but Aww. I need to make sure at some point I get to hear his amazing laugh. Oh no, not, <laughs> yeah. bro! So, that's like so much pressure now, man. There's more pressure on me. I gotta make you laugh. It's it's, it's oh, not no. on you to laugh. It's like, oh, all right, gotta, gotta write some jokes in here somehow. Uh, definitely not my you forte. Better be funny. <laughs> exactly right. Um, <laughs> no, it, but you know what? Like things like so with that video that I posted uh, of us making making cookies. Um, you know, I. I just love, you know, that, that, that time that I spent with my family and, uh, that day I just knew it was going to be fun because yeah. our son, he just loves being in the kitchen and he just loves hanging out with us and loves spending time with us and, and, uh, and, and helping out. Right. Especially sure. when we're, when we're cooking or when my wife is baking, he loves that. So, you know, just like everybody else, when you have your phone or your camera or whatever, yeah. and you want to just capture, capture those moments, um, you know, in my spare time, I enjoy photography and, and videography. Yeah. And it was also a way for me to, um, practice that. And I just film like a, a ton of footage and wanted to see what I could, what I could make, what I could edit out of that. And, um, so it was a little bit of a, of a practice session for, for editing video, but then also, you know, what can I, what magical moments, I guess, right. uh, could I catch from, from these moments that we had here? Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. Uh, so my daughter is at the age now where she'll like grab my either my phone or my wife's phone if we just leave it lying around, and she'll start like rolling through pictures, and she'll start to recognize herself now. Like, oh, that was me, because yeah. she always had a hard time differentiating herself from her sister, right? Because she just assumed right. baby, that's my sister. And it's amazing because she'll bring up a photo that we would never would have thought to like go back to, and she'll be like, oh, mommy, what is this? And no, it's super cute. Well, it, it's like it's such a great way to be like, oh man, like what a great memory. Like this was like eighteen months ago, and you for, totally forget that this sort of happened. And it's a great reminder because we have our phones with us at all times. So those yeah. memories are just like you know a swipe or two swipes away from from bringing for back sure. some like real feelings uh, of of what you were doing at that time. Now, growing up. Um, obviously maybe this wasn't what you thought, you know, being in radio was going to be, but like when you were growing up, you, you wanted to be in radio from like a young age. Is that what you wanted, wanted to do? Um, yeah, when I was in high school, I think I was like 16. That's when I made the, the decision. Okay. I was like, I want to be on the radio right. and that's the only thing I'm going to focus on. Right. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean it, so that was a decision that I made for myself. <laughs> Not the decision the, made for you. <laughs> and, and that was the only thing I focus on, okay. right? And I was like, okay, these are the steps I'm going to take. And I kind of disregarded <laughs> anything else academically that I didn't think that would help me get into the radio business because I didn't know anything about the radio business, right? I had assumptions. 
so that kind of screwed me because I had to like take grade 12 math like four times. Okay. <laughs> I spent like three straight years in summer school. Right. I, um, I, I, uh, yeah, I just I, I just wasn't focused on all the right things for school. Right. I was just focused on what the the, the end game could be or right. what I wanted it to be. So my grades kind of like slipped. <laughs> Bro, I barely graduated high school. I'll be honest, <laughs> I barely graduated high school. And then uh, and then I applied to uh, radio college in uh, at Seneca Seneca College. They got a great program there. And at the time, I had no idea that you had to take a test because they only allowed a certain number of people right. to be accepted into the program for radio and TV. So I took that test and man, I failed. <laughs> and I didn't get into school that first year. And there was no way in hell my dad, my West Indian dad, my Guyanese dad was going to let me take a year off of school yeah. to like work and, and do whatever until I tried to apply again the following year. So I did like a, a general um, arts and science course at right. centennial college for a year and then i took the test again the following year and um you know nothing against seneca but they didn't change any of the questions <laughs> that test. so maybe they did now all right, right. all these years later let's uh, hope so I took, the, yeah, I took the test and i got in at that at that point but yeah since i was 16 um I always just like, you know, like everybody else, like you'd listen to the radio. And then for me, I just like paying attention a little bit more closely to the music that was being played right. and the announcers, especially, and like some of the mixtape DJs that were doing shows on there. And, um, and yeah, just something about it. It was just like appealing. I was like, you know what? These guys sound like they're having fun. And that's kind of my, uh, that's kind of my, my style as well. And I want to be that guy that has fun and, and talks about music. I love music and I just want to be on the radio. Right. And so with your, you know, your, your guy and both your parents from Guyana or just your dad? Yeah, no, both of them. Okay. So with Guyanese parents and you say, listen, you know, mom, dad, I want to be uh, on the radio. I want to be a, a disc jockey. I want to be a DJ. You know, what was, what was their reaction? Like what, what were they telling you? Um, they didn't understand. <laughs> and my dad was like, okay, like, are you sure? Like, yeah. they don't know the business, right? Right. And they were like, are you sure you want to do this? Um, is this something that, you know, you could could sustain, you know, a, a, a life a career, right? right? Can you make this a career? And I was like, so determined. And I was like, right. yes, don't worry. Like, I got this, it'll be good. And um, I, I think it was, it wasn't until even after I got my first job in radio, it took a little bit for them to see that i had the passion for it and uh and i was doing everything that i could to to be on the radio and to achieve and and learn everything about the radio business and i mean i think that one of the important things and, and trying to do a little bit of uh, of research uh, about your career is that you didn't go down the typical road so like you said you applied to seneca you didn't get in the first year you got in the second year and your dedication to your craft was was really evident i mean you wanted to do a unpaid internship at any Toronto radio station that would take you. And when you applied, you heard nothing back, but I mean, how did you end up in Manhattan? And then what was that experience like? Um, so yeah, there was before you graduate from, uh, from the radio and television broadcasting program, um, you had to do a certain number of hours for, uh, internship. Right. And as you said, like I tried, you know, applying to different radio stations in the city of Toronto and nobody was, I either didn't hear back 
from yeah. people. I'd say majority of people I didn't hear back from. And uh, and some people were just like not looking for interns. Right. And then I, uh, I called, I think, two or three stations in Buffalo and... I don't think they got back to me. Okay. And then I said, well, I need to, I want my hours. I need to do this. Right. And I said, if I sacrifice a summer going in the, going into my second year at school, then that gives me more than enough time to try to find something. And then I figured, let me try New York because my, both my parents have like a ton of family in New York. Right. Oh, nice. And I figured if I can get something out there, then maybe I could stay with, a family member for the summertime. Right. And uh, so I contacted a bunch of stations and two of them got back to me and I was able to line up like an interview. Basically, they were like, can you come down here to do an interview? And I was like, yeah. So I hopped on a bus and, you know, 14 hour drive <laughs> to New York. And I did two interviews, came back home and, um, you know, they understood it's an internship. You work for free. Right. Yeah. And I said, like, I'll be staying with my uncle, like in Queens. And then right after I got back, I think it was like on the Monday or Tuesday, I got a call from one station and they said, we'd like to offer you the internship. And then I think like a couple days later, I can't remember if the other one called me back and said, yes, but then I had to turn them down or if they just said no, right. they probably said no with my dumb ass. <laughs> Uh, so, so then, so yeah, they asked if I can go down and, uh, it was funny because they were like, Hey, can you get down here on Friday? I was like, what? No, I can't. Like I got a job still yeah. here and I got to line things up. I got to save some money. So, um, you know, I think I held them off for a couple of weeks and then I, I went up there in, uh, I think mid June or something like that and, uh, stayed there right up until I think Labor Day I came back. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But I racked up like all the hours that I needed to do because I was just so hungry to be in the business and I wanted right. to learn everything from everybody. I racked up all the hours I needed to do for this course. I think in like the first week. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm done my hours, but I'm planning on staying here for the entire summer. So if you guys need me for anything, right. um, you let me know. And, uh, and they kept me and I worked, I literally worked seven days a week because not because that they were like taking advantage, yeah. Like now you probably, I probably look back at the situation and be like, maybe they did take advantage, right. but <laughs> yeah, right. I was, I was, I was a willing participant, right? I was right. more than willing. Cause I was like, anything you guys need, uh, I'm here to learn. Like I have the entire summer. I have nothing yeah. else to do. You were hungry. I, uh, I just want to, I want to do anything and everything. I would just want to soak up as much information as possible. And so how how do you feel like that helped you going into like your second year? And was there any major difference that you noticed between an American produced radio station to like a Canadian produced? Was there any difference between those two? Um, not really, not at the time. Okay. Um, it, everything was kind of, kind of the same. Um, quick break, like depending on the show, right? Quick right. breaks, uh, a lot of interaction with listeners. Um, the station I was at was like a, a hot AC station. It was kind of like a like how CHFI is okay. here in Toronto. Yeah. So it was kind of like that. Uh, everybody there was like really, really nice. And everyone was like super uh, willing to spend the time with me and and to, to teach me. Like I would sit down with producers. I would go in on different, you know, on-air personalities on their shows and like just sit there and, 
and watch what they do and like listen to what they're saying and you know answer the phone lines for them um you know i'd sit with the music director and like figure out how he did his job and uh you know work with the i was working for the promotions department at the time so it was like kind of a little bit of everything just like learning 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 right and so you fin is it when you finish school uh you finish your program that you then head out to kitchener to work at ckbt no so right when um it was about a month and a bit before actually no longer than that it was a few months before i graduated seneca um, one of our professors, he was, still is, a consultant for okay. radio. And he said, I have an assignment for everybody. This is on a Friday. I'll never forget it. He was like, I have an assignment for everybody. Uh, I need you guys to all listen to uh, 92.5 at like, I think it was 5 or 6 p.m., right? He was like, I need you guys to listen, right? We had a super small class. I think there was like 12 of us in the radio program at that wow. time. So we all listen to the launch yeah. at the time of Kiss 92. Nice. They switched from a country format to a top 40. That's format. right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I listened to that station all weekend. And like I was telling everybody I knew because everyone was talking about the station. I was like, yo, I'm going to work here one day. I'm going to work <laughs> here one day. Right. And uh, a buddy of mine who was in the program with me at Seneca, he also worked for the company when it was a country station oh, nice. and they were looking for they kept him on and they were looking for people um just to kind of like be behind the scenes and run all the equipment with no announcers right answer the phone stuff like right. that and he went in one day he told me he was like hey listen i'm gonna go in and, and meet my my new boss and uh and here's what's happening and i was like and this is totally unprofessional i was like yo man i'm gonna tag along with you right right <laughs> So I went, that's I cool, went man. Listen, you're, you're just trying to get your feet, man. That's not a professional. You're, <laughs> so you're hungry. I went in and had a resume and everything. And I gave his boss my resume. And I was like, listen, I'm in the program as well. I love radio. I want to be in radio. And uh, anything that you need uh, and you're, you're looking for people, I'm willing to work, right? Right. And for like three weeks straight, every Wednesday or Thursday in between, when I had like a long break, uh, at school in between classes, yeah. I would call that, that program director and I'd be like, Hey, <laughs> it's me, here. by the way. Yeah. I'm still here. If you're looking for anyone willing to work, and I did wow. that for three weeks straight. And then after the last time I called, she then called me on like a Monday and said, Hey, can you come in tomorrow? And then I was like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I called my, my teacher, uh, my professor that I was going to see the next morning. And I was like, I have this opportunity. I'm not going to be in class. He was totally cool about it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how I, I started working. I was working at kiss, um, like behind the scenes. Yeah. That's dope. That, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And so then how do you go from, you know, behind the scenes and then jump into, uh, you know, 2019 or sorry, 2009 when, when they're going to relaunch like a new morning show and, and it's announced that, uh, I think it was at Etox Roz is going to come on and he's going to be joined by Mocha. Um, was this the first time that you guys are getting to work together? Maybe not seeing each other because you guys were both producers on, what was it Mad Dog and Billy together? Is that, is yeah, that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so the way everything happened is once I started working at Kiss behind the scenes, yeah. I was then asked to be a producer for their morning show. And right. it was Mad Dog and, uh, first it was Mad Dog and Darren, and then yeah. it was Mad Dog and Billy. And uh, so I did that for a bit. And then I started kind of like working my way up 
after being a producer, I just like my boss knew I wanted to strictly be on the air. And uh, I did a couple of shifts and had a, a few kind of steady um, on-air shows on the station. I went out to Kitchener and I, after, wait, no, now I'm screwing up the timeline. Oh. <laughs> I went to, I went to Calgary. Sorry. No, oh, wow. I went to Calgary. Yeah. So I moved out to Calgary to work for Rogers as well for, uh, right. we had launched a, a hip hop station out there. So I moved out there. And then when that station switched formats, they moved me back to Toronto. Okay. Now, when I came back to Toronto, Roz was the producer was one of the producers on that morning show, right. on Mad Dog and Billy's morning show. So we were in the building at the same time, and we would pass each other in the hallway, but we didn't know know each other. We right. knew of each other. Right. Or okay. he would, I guarantee you, you ask him, he'll tell you he won't even remember seeing me. Right. But like, I have pictures of us at like station events, and we're like feet apart, right? right? But <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing him and saying hi, and then he'd like, you know, Mm. he'd walk by and say what's up and then yeah. like leave uh so then i went to kitchener for about four or five years and okay. when i came back is when Roz and i started to to work together but that summer of 2009 i believe Roz was the first person that they had hired for the relaunch of kiss because um shortly after i came back from calgary to toronto they switched the format of kiss 92 in toronto from uh top 40 to uh, jack fm that's right and then they switched it back to what it is right now and it's been this way for almost 11 years which is kiss 92.5 and i believe Roz was like the first person that they that they hired and i had always had a great relationship with our boss and kept in touch with her and uh and she reached out to me one day and said hey you know as you know we launched the radio station again we want you to come back and and work in toronto and do the afternoon show and at the time i was doing mornings in right. kitchener and i was doing mornings for like i don't even know how many years and I was like, man, afternoon, like that afternoon time slot is real sweet because, yeah. you know, you have a, a start time of like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. You're wrapped up by 7 p.m. So it's that sweet spot where you can kind of like sleep in a little bit yeah. and you don't feel bad about staying up late. So I took that job. Right. And like weeks went by and then I get a call and they were like, hey, so do you want to do instead of doing afternoons, do you want to do the morning show? with Roz. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> so, because only because my stupid ass, right. All I wanted to do was like, be sleep, able to in. sleep in and stay <laughs> late. Right. Cause I was like, yo, I've done morning forever. Like yeah. so many years, like on and off. And like yeah. those hours suck. Right. So I got on the phone with Roz, I think twice. Cause he okay. was talking to me about doing the show together and I kept saying no. And yeah. I said, no, I think for like two weeks, Oh, wow. And uh, and then one day, I'll never forget, I was sitting at my parents' house, and I was just, like, thinking about the whole situation. And I was like, you idiot. Like, you're <laughs> in, you know, one of the biggest markets in North America, and they're offering you a morning show position. It's like prime right? time, man. Prime time. Like, and you're, this is, like, your favorite radio station. You've always been working there. And, like, your dumbass is saying no. So I immediately jumped up. I got on the phone right away with my boss and I was like, listen, I'm sorry. You guys made such a nice offer. I was being a friggin' dick about it. Right? <laughs> All because I wanted to sleep in. If the offer for morning still stand, I would gladly take it. 
And, uh, and my boss agreed, said, yeah, you are a dumbass. And yes, you can. Yeah, the, the offer is still there. So then, uh, so then that's how Roz and I became a, uh, became a team. And, um, like weeks and weeks went by cause I had like a non-compete with my other radio station. So right. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't leave right away. Um, and then, yeah. And then Roz and I like talked periodically. And then right. the only time we met up to talk about the show, like face to face, I think it was like a week before we launched. Oh wow. And, uh, we met up and talked about the show for like maybe five minutes and then just talked about other stuff, just hanging out. And then we started the show like a week later. And I, I mean, I was talking to uh, Tim on, on the Tim McAuliffe on the last episode. And he mentioned while his chemistry is amazing with Sid Sexero, they, they don't really talk outside of work because they want to keep those conversations as authentic as possible while they're on the air. Yeah. Is that a similar approach that you've taken with Roz? Uh, yeah, we do not talk at all. Like we will. It's not because you maybe- don't like each other. No, it's not because yeah. we don't like each other, <laughs> but it's for the same reason that Tim had mentioned, right? Yeah. You want to keep that authentic, like the authentic conversation happening on on the radio on the show. Right. Um, like we'll text every now sure. and then, but like just like just nonsense or stupid memes that we find online and stuff like that. But it's not like heavy. Hey, we should do this on the show tomorrow, right. or check out this story. Um, I need you to read it because that's what we're going to talk about, right? Right. Um, we. I think in the almost 11 years that we've worked together, I think we maybe on a non-work, non-work setting, we hung out maybe five times. Oh, wow. Maybe less. And I think two of those times were with our wives. So like solo, maybe, yeah, maybe three times. Wow. Crazy. (laughs) I think one of them is going to tie into the next thing that I'm about to ask you about. So I want to switch gears from the career and do yeah. a quick uh, word association game. So I'm going to give you like a statement and I want you just top of the dome. First thing that comes to your head when I, when I say what, I, what I'm going to ask you. Okay. So just one word. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. June 12th, 2015. June 12th, 2015. What happened on June 12th? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, no, my goodness. Hold on. <laughs> June 12th, 2015. What happened on June 12th, 2015? Was that on the show? No, it, it, it's more maybe a life event. Okay, maybe I have the date wrong based on the... the uh, maybe it was when the pictures were posted. But June, in 2015, there was a, a monumental change in your life. Do you remember what... Oh, oh when I got engaged. Yeah, well, when you got married, right? Didn't you get married in June, two thousand fifteen? No, it was November. November? Oh man, yeah. I really got the. I got, maybe I looked at the picture. Was it November of two thousand and fourteen or fifteen? Okay, yeah, fourteen. Yeah, yeah, fourteen. Okay, so then the publication I looked at. Oh man, I look like a dumbass now. My wife's oh, gonna no, be no, laughing at dude. me. All good, bro. Nobody's so I, w- I was looking at the pictures from the distillery district. So I'm, yeah. I'm assuming the date they were posted on there was June twelfth, two thousand fifteen. That that's okay. Um. So obviously when we talk about like your music career and it being like an important day, you know, you had Cardi, you had Solitaire, you had Sean Desmond, DJ Climax, all of these guys performed at your epic wedding. You know, most guys don't really have a say in their weddings, maybe some small things here and there, but is it safe to say that when it came to music, you were the man in charge of that day? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, at the when we had the conversation about like what we wanted our wedding day uh, to be like, especially the reception. Yeah. You know, we wanted everybody to have a good time, obviously, and we just wanted to throw a massive party, right? But with the people who you know have known us for the duration of our relationship or played an right. important role in our relationship. So we only had, including Jen and I, 99 people at our wedding. Wow. Yeah, imagine that. A West Indian person who only has 99 people I was people about to say, wedding. man, like, how the, <laughs> hell did, how the hell did you get that to I happen? Probably had like, I could probably have like three, 400 people, bro. Jeez. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we just wanted it to be, you know, just a, a, a intimate party, really, right. with everybody. And, you know, Climax, he's like, he is my best friend. I've known him since 2004. And uh, he was the one who actually said, like, yo, I'm going to drop... I want to drop a set at your wedding. And I was like, yeah. no, no, no. I just want you to be there as a guest. I want you to have fun with us. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm going to drop a set at your yeah. wedding. And I was like, cool. <laughs> and like, you know, Sean Desmond and, and Cardinal, like I've known those guys for ever. Right. Like, such a long time. And uh, I had asked both of them. It's not like I didn't already have a relationship with them. Right. Um, so I asked them and they were, they were totally down. Um, neither of them was like, oh, well, let me think about it. They were like, absolutely yeah. anything you need. Right. And, uh, and I said like, you know, you guys are a part of our lives and we want you to be a part of the party as well. But, um, yeah, it was a real special night and, uh, it looked it was, fun, man. It was good. I saw yeah, some of the photos. It was a lot of fun, man. we had such a good time and it was a big party and like all of our, you know, our, our friends and family who were there, um, it was like the perfect, the perfect night for us to celebrate with everybody and be able to like have a conversation with people, you know? Right. Okay. So what's one story from your wedding reception that is still like a top moment now that you think back, like something that, that happened, what's like a top story you can, you can give us from, from the wedding reception. Oh man, the wedding reception. Oh, I think when, Okay, there's a couple. Okay, sure. Go <laughs> go go for it. Go for there it. Might, there might be a few. Um, I think when Cardi came in because nobody knew he was going to be there. Oh wow! It was uh, it was uh, well. Obviously, I knew. My wife knew, yeah. and I think DJ Climax knew, and that was it. Oh, and um, his brother, who's also my best friend. Okay. So there's four of us who knew because we there was some coordination that needed to needed to happen, and I remember. I, got on the mic and uh and like i introduced him and i was like you know like we're gonna have this big party now like now that everyone's eating and y'all got a little bit of drinks in you yeah. and uh <laughs> i introduced him and he like ran we had the uh, the reception at a, at a restaurant and uh he ran in like from the front somebody had, had given him a mic and he ran in and boom he just started performing and like the look on everybody's face yeah. was like unreal <laughs> i was just like man this is like so perfect um uh, but there was that and um what else from, I mean, just like everybody had a good time. I'm an emotional guy. And I think maybe that night I, I drank a little too much and I like, <laughs> I, I, I cried a few times. We were just like, I love you, man. Thank you for being here. Like, I just, yeah, no, you guys are the best. Like that, for real. And then I remember, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> my buddy Carlo at the end of the night, like I was like bawling and he was like, no man, what the hell are you crying? I'm, like, I'm just so happy. I love you wife, so much. She, yeah, even my wife was like, "Why are you crying so much?" So, so did Jenna have to then take care of you because you maybe overdid a, a little bit? Just a little no, bit? no, no. It wasn't even like it was just like high on emotions. I guess oh, okay. like I, like everybody drank a lot, but I wasn't like 
I wasn't hammered that I couldn't right. remember anything, right? Like we had just enough to to be okay. I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, no, no one wants to be that guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, we've talked a little bit about um, Jenna. We talked a little bit about uh, Cruz. Like, so how does? First of all, Cruz, super unique name, especially the way you spelled it. I absolutely like C R U Z E. I mean, that is that is a dope first name. So just giving you kudos for that. But how has he taken this whole COVID? Obviously, he's not in school right now because he just turned three back at the end of April, right? Yeah. So what is he like? What are you telling him as far as, you know, we can't necessarily go to like the malls or grocery shopping together, play with parks or maybe even see like friends. How is he taking this whole COVID-19? The only thing he knows, because he obviously doesn't know like right. what's going on or like the importance of, of being at home. Um, we had watched an episode on Treehouse of, uh, I don't know if you know the show, uh, Miss Persona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By the way. Okay. So they did, uh, they did such a fantastic job of, of explaining COVID to wow. young kids, to, to especially to toddlers, which right. is the basic message is that there's a lot of people in the world who are really, really sick right now. And uh, it's the most safe is, to stay at home and we have to always make sure that we wash our hands and in order to keep everybody safe. So he just thinks that everybody is sick right. and he will say, you know, grandma's sick. When she gets better, I'll be able to see her again wow. or grandpa's sick or we can't go to the park because people are sick and we have to stay at home until everybody gets better. So that's kind of like the basic cool. um, explanation and he gets it. He understands it. Um, there are places that he you know, he really, really does miss going to like, you know, there are play gyms that we would go to all the time, but he knows like when things get better, we'll, yeah. we'll be able to go again. And to him, it's like, okay, well, everybody's sick when we're all better, when everybody's better, I can go back to the play gym and go on that big ass slide that I love. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that's similar to, I mean, our, our three-year-old daughter, uh, her name is Mila. She is very similar. I mean, to the point now where when we come inside from like a grocery shop, uh, the first thing she tells us to do before we go anywhere, because our our youngest, our one year old, like comes running to whoever you know comes up the stairs with the groceries, she'll be like, no, 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 like mommy's got to wash hands or daddy's got to wash yeah. hands. People are sick outside, or yeah, they're like sponges, huh? Oh yeah, in in not all the ways that we want them to be sponges. I wish my daughter would pick up uh, things like cleaning. Like if she yeah. learned how to like clean as much as she'll repeat what mommy and daddy say, that would yeah, be fantastic. Especially the swear words, right? That's the only thing she picks up. It's like the <laughs> only thing, but she's gotten Cruz like, is the same way, bro. Like I'll like let a word slip and he oh, doesn't yeah. know like what the word is, no. but he'll just like start saying it like 20 times in a row. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, dude, like you gotta chill with that. And you tell them to stop and then they know, oh, it's a game. So now we're just yeah. going to continuously repeat it. I mean, the totally. biggest, the biggest thing for me, I think that I was in like a, a, before COVID I was grocery shopping and there was a lady who like just was not paying attention in her car and like almost drove into me one time. So I, I let it out in the car Oh no! and all I hear from the back was her repeating the word. And so I know my wife is going to kill me. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I but might you can't as well, bring attention to it, right? I can't bring attention to it. But, but, but then I did because what I, I, I took my phone and I went to the back seat and I was like, listen, she's going to she's gonna tell her mom I said this. I know I'm going to get in trouble anyways. Let me at yeah. least get as many laughs on Instagram as I possibly can. So then I, rep- I recorded it and I said, you know, Mila, what did Dada say to the lady? And she repeats it with like the cutest smile 
on her yeah. face. Aww. And then I spent like the next like three weeks trying to tell her that it's not the right thing to say. Daddy was very wrong. You should always listen to mommy and dad. Like anytime daddy <laughs> says anything, don't repeat it. But now she's gotten to the point where she doesn't repeat it. But what she'll do is if she thinks you've said something wrong, she'll just say bad word. And she'll go and yeah. she'll tell like Aww. mom, she'll be like, oh, dad, I said bad word. And then, you know, then I got to explain to myself, no, I didn't say bad word. I just said, you know, not nice. And, but she'll see people walking because we live in like a townhouse complex and there's a park right across from our street, like a playground. And she'll see people walking close to it and she'll like go to the window and she'll start banging on the glass being like, no, 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 people are sick. Don't go play there. Aww, and she's like yelling at them cute. and they're looking up at the window like, what is this crazy child doing? Yeah. And I'm like grabbing her from the window. I'm like, come back here. Like, don't, don't do that. You're going to scare <laughs> our neighbors. Um, but it's funny because yeah, like they, they pick up almost everything. Um, yeah. And something really cute thing. She's very cute with her, with her sister now. Um, still steals whatever you know she toys she wants to play with she'll still take and and give her like a toilet paper roll instead of like the teddy bear and yeah, she thinks yeah. that's a oh, that's, that's an equal nice. trade-off um but i mean how has how has fatherhood changed you so like how like what have you noticed as a change in yourself since you've had a cruise um oh man i don't know like i just i'm like so in love with this kid it's yeah. like i never thought i'd be able to um kind of feel this way if that makes sense like yeah, it just for sure. it's just so weird like i i say to my wife all the time like I, do you ever just like look at your kid like look at that person and say like we created like he's us like yeah. he came from us right like it's just astonishes me because you know before meeting jenna i was like so focused on my career and and working that I actually put relationships like to the side. Like right. I was not like I would went a real long time without actually like just being in a relationship because I was just so concentrated on, uh, on, on working. Right. And that was like, work was my life. And then, uh, I met Jenna and everything changed and, you know, we had crews and he, you know, he's just the best. Like, I just love, I just love hanging out with him and I love, just every single day, like watching him, watching him change and, and hearing him form sentences and like using words correctly and just like being fun. He's at the age right now where he's just like so much fun to, to, to be around and to play. It's like brand new experiences, right? Like you just get to like teach them things for the first time that you may have taken for granted. Like we, I showed uh, Mila Jurassic World. Yeah. And now she's completely fascinated with dinosaurs. Oh, that's and I'm just cute. like, and that was like my first movie that I remember watching in like 1993 or 1995 was the original Jurassic Park, and like I yeah. love dinosaurs, and now that's something that like we get to share. I have to like she still wants to go to the zoo to see dinosaurs because she thinks that like they're roaming they're yeah, roaming course. the earth somewhere. Um, but it, it's just again like like you said, just sharing in those moments and and being able to take like inventory and enjoy and appreciate what you created and what you continue to mold right like yeah. it's it's like easy now at three. like it's it's so crazy like yesterday i um i had to mow the lawn right right and i i took the lawnmower out and he was like he was in the backyard with us and he was just like so excited and he has this little toy um, lawnmower. Nice. And he was, as I'm mowing the lawn, he's like walking beside me with his lawnmower. And it was just like, my heart just like exploded. <laughs> Cause I was like this, you know, this like, 
thing that I'm doing, like house yeah. maintenance, right? Just right. So yeah. our, our backyard <laughs> is is not overrun with weeds and grass. Uh, like I'm doing this because I have to, but like for him, it's just uh, it's this joyous yeah. moment. Like whether it's the you know, he thinks he's cutting the grass or that he's spending time with my wife and I in the backyard. Like, I don't know what's going through his mind, but, uh, you know, something like that, that I do on the regular that right. you just don't even think about like that meant so much to him. And that brought me, uh, so much joy. You just got to hope that in like 13 years from now, that when you ask him to mow the lawn, that he's just as willing to go outside and do it and not give you a hard time. Yeah, you probably won't. I'll be like, no, get out of my room. You're not Pass. the boss of me. Pass that. Uh, that's your <laughs> yeah. job, old man. Uh, I'm going to be doing something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, uh, I don't want to take up any more of your time. We've been chatting for a little while, and I very much appreciate you taking the time out of your day, especially after putting in a full work day as well. Hopefully, you get a little bit more time to yourself while Cruz takes takes his nap. But um, Roz and Mocha podcast available on all podcast networks. Um, Roz and Mocha in the morning, 5 a.m. to yeah. 9 a.m.? Well, well, 5 to 6, we run like an, uh, a kind of a, we call it Roz and Mocha Reloaded, but it's right. a, a shortened, condensed version of the previous day's show. Right. Um, but then the live show starts right at 6 and goes until 10. 6 till Monday 10, to Friday. Uh, we're on in Toronto. We're on in Kingston. Our show runs in the evening in Ottawa on Kiss, Kiss 105.3 in Ottawa. Uh, in the evening on KISS 91.7 in Edmonton and evening on KISS Radio in Vancouver. And if people want to enjoy your social media the same way that I do, where can people find you on social media? At Mocha Frapp, M-O-C-H-A-F-R-A-P. And it may, if you DM me, it may take a, a few days, as you know, yes. um, to get back. I try my best to, to keep up with the with the messages both on uh, on on Twitter and uh on Twitter and Instagram, I've kind of abandoned Facebook a little bit. Don't uh, tell anybody. Because, no, no, like, we won't tell anybody. It's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just become too crazy on Facebook. I, I need a little bit of a detox out there. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you DM me, I will try my absolute best to, to reply to you. For sure. I mean, you comment, you like uh, comments on, on Instagram and stuff. It's again, you being such a nice dude, you you do your best to, to to reach out and at least respond to everybody, which is uh, which is incredible. It's it's not always easy, I imagine, for people with the amount of, of inbox and DMs and stuff that you get on on a daily basis. Yeah, and you know, I just want to say thank you for um, for inviting me to to be on your podcast. I no, know of uh, it's been a little bit of planning on on both ends here of trying to get this to work, but I really appreciate it, and I uh, it's nice to get a DM to be invited to somebody's podcast and not a DM saying, Hey, I have this product. Uh, <laughs> right. can you, uh, can you post about it so I can get some more likes or so I can make right. some sales? Yeah, no, I, mean, I do get a lot of those too, right? I, I, listen, I'm sure you do. I mean, for yeah. me, uh, I think I mentioned before we did the podcast was this whole podcast I'm doing is about people who mean something to me. And obviously both to my wife with your amazing laugh and keeping her awake on her early morning commutes when she used to live in Woodbridge and for my early morning commutes, Listen, you guys are a staple. 92.5 is always number one of our six radio channels. Always the first thing to come on in the radio. When oh, dude, thank you so much. That to, means a lot. To be fair, though, it's only on between like 6 and 10 a.m. Other than that, 
you know, it might be a podcast or maybe some like nursery rhymes for our girls. But if we're in the in the morning, it, it's you guys. It's you guys or nothing, or it's radio uh, silence. Dude, that means a lot. You have no idea. Like you know, we 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 do the show, and it's it's funny. We say this all the time. Like we're in a room, and there's four of us there, and we have no windows in our studio. Um, the window kind of like faces outward into right. the cafeteria of our building. So we literally see nobody. Um, but when we're, you know, on the radio, we don't even think about like the, the millions of people who are listening. For sure. Yeah. So we, you know, we always say, and I say it to you and say to anybody else that listens to the Raza Mocha show, like, you know, time is very precious and people, you know, choose to spend whatever time that they have with us in the morning. And like, we just appreciate it so much. And, uh, our only job every day is to try to make people laugh, uh, to entertain and maybe, you know, make people think and just have a good time. So we, we appreciate the, uh, the support and we've been at this for like almost 11 years and, yeah. you know, we want to just keep doing it as long as, as long as you will listen, you know, that's, we'll, we'll keep doing the show. Well, thank you for your time, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, hopefully, you know, down the road might be able to chat again. Maybe I'll, I'll DM you not about a product, but about maybe coming <laughs> on and, 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 and doing another chit chat. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure, brother. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for your time. Please be safe. Uh, enjoy your time with your family. Try to get some rest. And uh, again, thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course, man. Much love to you and your family as well. All right. Cheers, brother.